People deluded, I'm back again. Good morning and I hope you're all doing well and safe. Thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the DG podcast, the deluded podcast, the really and truly podcast. As usual, you know, please make sure you're hitting the follow button on Spotify, Apple and the rest of those streaming outlets. Can't imagine you don't know at this moment in time. But if you're not aware of me, I actually do YouTube content, Deluded Guna 04 on every platform, obviously removed to 04 for YouTube people. I hope you're all doing well and safe. Welcome back on this Monday morning, people. I hope you're all doing well and safe for the 55th time i'm in good spirits and i apologize for bringing this podcast to you by the time it comes out slightly later i can't lie to you lot people the gyms are open in the uk i got to the gym at 7 7 a.m people so you can imagine what time i went to sleep what time i got up i did this because obviously i was gonna miss the gym you know i was gonna give it a day or two to call off i mean we've missed how many months what's another day or two and wait for the hype train to die out and whatnot you know and then let things go back to normal but then i thought nah man i can't wait a next day people so i went now normally i'll go at them times anyways and it's normally clear but it's like everyone was on the same thing i was on um good thing is around 20 minutes into being there you know people started to filter out as they're going to work and things but it was lovely to be back in the gym man you know give me two months and i'll be back man obviously can't pump the same weights i was pumping and it was a bit of a humbling experience you know but we go again and i'd say my mental feels better i feel a lot better um going to the gym i swear there's something a chemical that's released in your body when you work out and things that makes you feel more positive and for me it's it it, it, i'd say it helps my mindset like i'm extremely focused on the tasks i have to do today not just the the, the dg podcast i'm here right now but everything else because by the time this comes out i'd imagine it's 11 something i'm going live on youtube at 1 p.m shameless plug people it's my birthday on tuesday april the 13th so i apologize for not waiting for all the premier league action to be done there won't be a watch along for the champions league i've got to take it off people and thank you for your birthday wishes in advance as well um It's been a bit of a slow in football. In football, in terms, people, it's been a bit of a slow grind in terms of the Premier League. Now, in terms of the football, there was plenty to say. You know, VAR in the Spurs United game. I can't lie, the game's gone kind of mad. It looked like Son's trying to grab McTominay. McTominay's got no eyes for him. How that can be used to deny a goal, I don't know. VAR even tried to shake Liverpool. You know, VAR has been a bit of a talking point. And again, I'm not trying to dedicate this podcast to VAR. VAR, sorry, Lord knows there's been far too many of them debates and stuff that i've had you've had and i'm sure we'll have in the future so let's just stick to the football like i said there's a there's two games to play four game four two games to play sorry four um four teams yet to be in action this week but at 8 15 you'll see everton um traveling to brighton it's brighton versus everton before that on monday 6 p.m you see west brom versus southampton Pardon me, Maitland Niles watch and whatnot. So yeah, West Brom versus Southampton, Brighton versus Everton are yet to be played, people. And you know, Everton it's a tough week for them because they've got to get a result against Brighton. They've got Spurs on Friday the sixteenth, people. Sixteenth. So make of that what you will. Um. So yeah, if we look into the results again. Arsenal won this week, innit? You know, 3-0 clean sheet. I'm not going to complain about that, people. You know, I'm in better spirits. And we've got a decisive week. We'll cover it in a sec. You know, we've got um, the Europa League and whatnot. But it's nice to finally get back to winning ways. Nice to see my guy Martinelli come back and score and things. But um, the action over the weekend, people, as you lot know, I'd say the shocker of the weekend probably was Manchester City 1, Leeds United 2, Liverpool 1, 2-1 against Aston Villa by the same scoreline. Crystal Palace lost 4 
4-1 to Chelsea in a London derby. Burnley couldn't hold on to their lead and it was a resurgent comeback as, you know, Newcastle claimed a 2-1 victory over Burnley. West Ham do love scoring three goals. They do love allowing teams back in it. They've done it a couple of occasions, you know, against Wolves. It could have went another way. Arsenal, Arsenal, we obviously got a draw, but they did get over the line against Leicester 3-2. Um, Spurs, you know, couldn't hold on to their lead. You know, again, um, VAR did Man United dirty, but they came back in good fashion, you know. Greenwood, Fred, and I can't even remember who got the lot, the next goal, people, but they won 3 1. And Arsenal obviously won 3 0. So once again, people, oh, and we can't we can't forget as well, Wolves won Fulham nil. So once again, from Friday to Sunday, you had Fulham nil, Wolves one, um, Chelsea four, Crystal Palace one, Liverpool two one against Aston Villa, Leeds one two one against Manchester City, Arsenal one three nil against Sheffield United, Manchester United against Sheffield United apologies, Manchester United three Spurs one, West Ham one three two against Leicester, and Newcastle won two goals to one. Now again, you know, seems like there's you know. It, Clean sheets were hard to come by this week of, of football and it's nice to see that Arsenal are there. Let me jump into Arsenal first, people. I know because I, I typically try and delay speaking about Arsenal when it's been poor. Now, let's not get it twisted. With respect to Sheffield United, it's only Sheffield United. They're a beating team. Like I've seen, you know, we need to be very careful of proclaiming that Arsenal is turning the corner just because we are beating the likes of Sheffield United in the same way we said we're back because we beat West Brom. On one hand, you should be beating a team like this. On one hand, the team that we put out injuries or not, it should be getting over the line. Um, so, yeah, on one hand, there isn't things to praise us on. But on the other hand, obviously, you can only play what's in front of you. You have to discount it a bit. But again... I saw, I, I saw a stand-up to be counted. I saw movement. You know, you look at Xhaka in the left-back role. Danny Ceballos in that hybrid centre-mid left-wing-back role. Saka in the 10. You know, Chambers was getting forward. Um... I think Partey excelled in the middle. Lacazette obviously had a good game. Even Lacazette, he scored two goals, but the man's playing like Fernandinho as a defensive mid, then a left winger. You know, it was nice to see a system, a clear system. It was nice to see whatever these boys have worked on clearly in the week, you know, you're, you're translating that into the match, which obviously us fans can see. Lovely to see individuals performing. Lovely to see the collective performing. And like I said, in a nice way, you can't, in my opinion, you can't really pick a man of the match. You know, Xhaka was good in that centre-half left-back role. Um, um, not Alexis, sorry. Lacazette all over the place. Martinelli. I don't feel Martinelli quite man of the match. But, you know, considering it was nice that he got a goal on in one of his only starts in the Premier League um, this season. Obviously, he's working his way back from injury and whatnot. So, it's nice to see him get on a, in and amongst the goals. Good little positive psychological effect there you know his pressing was good um I'd say arguably more important than the goal and all of those things he got 83 minutes substantial minutes in his legs and that gets him closer and closer to obviously being able to be in tip-top condition so that you know you can compete and maybe try and play on a more regular basis so we rotated we won we take a bit of I don't want to say form but a bit of feel-good factor hopefully that's that doesn't trans um, translate into complacency going into Thursday's game people um <clears throat> It was a good game, man, because, you know, I wanted... Ceballos needed to play well. Partey, based on the last game in the Europa League, needed to play well. Xhaka played well. Saka played well. I think the only problems is... I don't know the severity of Bakayo Saka's injury now. Again, people are saying it's dead leg. Arteta, I'm sure, was saying it's a fighting. Again, I don't know where we're at with Saka, so I'd say that's a problem. I would say if I really was to scrutinise it, you know, we was, we was in the driving seat for a long time. You know, it's nice to get the goal in the first half. 
But I feel we could have got that second, third, maybe even a fourth if we just upped the ante a tiny little bit um, way before the last 10, 10 20 or so minutes in the game, people. But I'm not complaining. We did what we needed to do. You know, it confirms what we've known this season with Arsenal. We're better on the road. You know, last season we're good at home, booky away from home. I guess you can't have it all. And Lacazette used to translate that. It's like Lacazette has flipped it on its script now. He's good away from home even now. They used to be running joke among, among Arsenal fans how, you know, he was very shy away from the Emirates Stadium. He's had a good season by his own standards. And I'd say Lacazette would be the man of the match for me. I'm not going to cap. I think it's difficult to pick a man in the match. Like I said, everybody played well. But if I had to really scrutinise it, I would say Xhaka's a candidate. I would say Ceballos is a candidate. I would say Partey is a candidate. Um, I would say Lacazette is in there as well. Um, I think Pepe and Saka look good. Their one-twos were good and shout Laka, but maybe probably not them. I think Marie and Holding did, did all right in their little jobs as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it to Lacazette because for me... It's about, listen, the goals are one thing. His goals made, the, we, we would have won without his two goals, but, you know, we, we, we got his two goals. That's icing on top of the cake. For me, that's a good reward for him. I'm happy because, obviously, he was a bit of a villain. He missed two glorious chances on Thursday last week. He now took his chances in this one. So, hopefully, that's a bit of, you know, that's a bit of, you know, confidence. And I felt he's unlucky. I don't know if he's going to start on, on Thursday, but I feel, feel it was a bit unlucky to not be given a chance to get your hat-trick for the club people in a season where, you know, you've got 12 league goals this season. Again, I don't think Lacazette is going to get into the Euros, but again, Euro-France squad. But you play well, Euros, new contract, all of these things are at play. But like I was saying, away from his goal, I know strikers are made on goals and Lacazette hasn't always consistently done that. It's what you do away from it. And I think, you know, he was, especially when we was playing out from the back, you saw him drop deep a couple times to get off Marie and Xhaka and help relieve the pressure. Um, you know, I look at Man United away, I think equally like this game, but maybe not to, to the same standard offensively, but I feel he had a good, very good general performance. He didn't score or assist, so it's not going to get remembered like that. But, you know, Lacazette deserved them goals. Obviously, he's he's at 50 Premier League goals for Arsenal now, people. Um, you know, he's a sick he's a sick Frenchman to actually do that as well, people. So he joins an illustrious list of Robert Perez, Thierry Henry and actually Olivier Giroud, someone he's compared to and whatnot, people. Lacazette has scored 12 goals this season, people. Nine of them have come away from home. Only Mohamed Salah with 11 has um, has more away goals in the competition this season, people. So again, Lacazette is firmly enjoying life. So yeah, it was decent for me. Big up Arteta because the tactics thing you did worked. Obviously... Let's not get it twisted, you know. I did feel Sheffield were a bit more positive than I expected, but the way they're playing, the way their quality of their players, they were never really going to ask questions of us defensively. So you can get away with a Xhaka left back, take nothing away from him. If that's against an Adama Traore or a team that has an outlet or a more attacking team, we might be looking at if if Xhaka has the athleticism to do that. But when you're going to have the majority of the ball in sustained possession for vast periods, Xhaka helps us dictate the play, people. I did feel there was a maybe 10 minute stage 15 maybe tops um in the second half where Sheffield came out a bit because like you I think it's reflected in our fullbacks you know um Xhaka and and Chambers they didn't have to defend in that first half second half they did a bit obviously Sheffield United lacked the quality whatever they did didn't work so you know Arsenal I'm gonna take that and go marching on really and truly like I said clean sheet three goals the players that came in and were provided opportunities took them. You know, obviously it was some good, good goals as well. Good breaks. You know, we did well, man. All three were very good goals in my opinion. Um, 
So yeah, man, job done again. It's Sheffield United and it's, it's business as usual. And I actually don't know who we got next in the Premier League, but I know right we'll, we'll cover that on Friday. And I, but I know right now we need to focus on the Europa. And again, we need to score. We a goal takes us through. For me, we need to score too. If it stays the score line, it is. We're going out, you know. So take some of this in, in heed. And obviously, people, going into the game as well, I was thinking, yo, there's no Smith Rowe or Odegaard on top of, obviously, Aubameyang. Whatever you say about him, we're significantly weaker. I was thinking if, the, you know, you're thinking both of these teams don't score from outside the area. They don't shoot enough. They're not clinical. So, again, that tells me there's going to be a lack of quality. Sheffield United are going to be tough to break down. And if you ain't got players who can break them down, it scared me. And if it went tits up on the bench, who did we bring on? So it was nice to see my mind was put to ease with that. So, yeah. Arsenal 3, Sheffield United nil. We move, we go marching on. Aston Villa, you know, couldn't hold on to their lead, I believe. Did Oli Watkins score first? I could be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure I watched that because Trent Alexander-Arnold scored a lovely goal right at the death to get the three points for Liverpool. And obviously, once again, VAR had a massive part to play and tried to shag Liverpool and did shag Liverpool temporarily. Um... But I'm sure Liverpool won't care, people. They fought back courtesy of Mo Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold. And again, you know, again, 2-1 victory. Again, not quite the thrilling encounter that was the last game these lot played. But every win counts, especially if they're trying to get top four. And especially if they're taking any sort of motivation going into this midweek Champions League round of fixtures, people, where it's going to be tough. Again, Southgate was there and I'm sure, you know, every week it depends what you look at. You know, Trent was a hero against Arsenal, villain in midweek. Hero again. Is he going to still be a hero midweek or is he going to turn into a villain again at Madrid? There's a lot of conclusions. I think he's a quality player and it's a nice moment for him, people. Um, so, yeah. Apologies for that, people. And again, moving away from that, yeah, Liverpool did their job against Aston Villa. Aston Villa haven't really been in a good bout of form of recent. Um, So make of that what you will. If we look at Leeds versus Manchester City, before the Arsenal game, I said that game is what Arsenal should use as a blueprint for big games. You know, Bielsa, obviously, football tactics mean a lot, especially if you're going to beat Pep Guardiola. I think, you know, you we all know what Bielsa is. Bielsa is a godfather in this thing. You know, all the managers pay their homage. He's a tactical master. He's a good man manager. You know, to call him a good manager is an understatement. It's a privilege to have Marcelo Bielsa within the Premier League. So don't get it twisted. Tactics, knowledge, making sure your your team understand everything. All of these are, are, are relevant and, 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 and are, are prevalent and you can't underestimate them. But the psychological factor, you know, credit to Bielsa and the coaching staff. But I'd say for the players, they believed in themselves. Obviously, you know, they're not going to pass Manchester City off the off the park. So they're going to focus on what they can. Obviously, it was all mans to the pump. They went 10 men down and obviously a man down went down to 10 men. Apologies. And you saw, you know, they were heart in mouth defending. It was like soldiers in the trenches, Calvin Phillips and the rest of them important blocks and things. But I think it's about basic belief. You know, it's testament to them. It's no fluke that they've got four points off, off City, you know, even if City turned it around and got a point or or. From the period, I believe, Ferran Torres scored, it looked like they might just grab it. And it was one-way traffic for large parts, as you know, less, um, leads remain pending, pending, difficult to break down. But they had basic belief, you know. Man to a man, them Leeds players never just sat there and said, wow, these players have won the Premier League, they're going to win it again, they're amazing, we have no chance. They believed in themselves, they believed in their game plan, they doubled down on the things they were good at. Of course, it's, it, you know, Dallas scored two good goals, you know, Dallas at the double, masterstroke for me because I got him in my FPL team, um, 
But yeah, I was really impressed. And it's, and it's down to belief. They believed they'd be difficult to break down. They believed they could get... Obviously, it was dramatic how the, how the, how the winner came. But they believed they could get something out of the game. They worked hard. Again, mentally, they prepared for this game at, at the Etihad. Of course, you could sit there and say Man City rotated. Again, maybe it paid off. Maybe it didn't. City made things harder than it needed to be. They weren't clinical. You can say all of these things, as would happen. But credit to Leeds. Now, for City, end of the day, they were going to lose again. I'm sure not too sure beyond you know demanding excellence it means anything because they're still going to win the title people but as I said I was really impressed with Liverpool, with Leeds people it was a very important game of football for me because it told people what you can do if you believe in yourself it was an entertaining game for the neutrals it lived up to the expectation obviously even Bamford Bamford missed a tap in as well in that game it was a good game still um Stuart Dallas is the first player to score a 90th minute winning goal against Man City at the Etihad since Van Persie, people, in 2012. Liam Cooper, who got sent off, and that was a stupid challenge. It was re way too high. When he got a yellow card, I was thinking, this is when VAR needs to act. No way he can get away with this. He's the first player to be sent off for Leeds in the Premier League game since Mark Viduka in 2004. Oh, how were two 2004 were easier times as an Arsenal fan, getting a bit of nostalgia. Um... As you can see, Deluded Guna 04, people. Make sure you're following me on all the socials and whatnot. Cheeky plug. Um, no side has scored more goals from outside the box this season than Leeds people with 11. Um, so again, could you really be shocked things happened? Um, it is what it is. Shout out to Leeds United and well-deserved three points. Um, moving away from that though, folks. Fulham, another dent to their fading hopes of staying in the division as they lost 1-0 to, um, to, to Wolves. Obviously, you know, there's a curse that Fabio Silva, I, I don't know if it's still there, but he struggles to win games when he scores for Wolves. Fortunately for Wolves, he got an assist. And at 18 years of age and 264 days, he's actually the youngest player to assist a goal in the Premier League this season with Bakayo Saka in, um, in February 2020, who was at the time, he was 18 years of age and 171 days, being the last younger player than Silva to assist a teammate in the competition. Um, Adama Traore obviously scored and with that, he ended a run of 40 eight games without scoring in the Premier League you know there was a lot of hype how he needs to play for City and things and it's all gone people um, his last strike was against Manchester City in December 2019 people this was the this was the first goal um, this this was the Spaniards first goal in the competition um, this season people with what was actually his 20th, 28th attempt so again Shows why you should never give up, never, ever, ever give up. Now, Spurs versus Manchester United. As I just said, Manchester United 3, Spurs 1. Again, a team I really would like both teams to lose because I remember when we had a real rivalry we, rivalry with United and obviously Spurs is it is what it is. But um, I did feel VAR tried to do what they tried to do them wrong. I actually feel United played well tactically. I was quite impressed with them. I feel in the second half mainly as well, I think... I saw more intent and you could a blind man could see Spurs were going to concede. I didn't know if they'd concede three. I definitely thought United could get a draw, but it looked like they could concede. I think Pogba had a decent game. I don't think Bruno was at his best, but he, he was involved in one of the goals. He nutmegged someone. You know, he was doing his thing. I think it was man to a man. I can't lie. I was very impressed with Fred. You know, obviously he scored his goal, but I think he tried mash work. I liked how Cavani was moving. Obviously, Cavani picked up his head after being denied by VAR and made sure he scored. Um... Mason Greenwood, you, I'm a big Mason Greenwood fan. It's, it's, a, it's a tough season for him. What's that? His third goal in the Premier League. I still think he's a quality player um, and whatnot. And I love these moments. People can't forget that man's quality. For me, he's going to be Man United's biggest player. Assuming, and when I say biggest, 
put an asterisk. Obviously, if they buy Jaden Sanjo and they link with Haaland today and all of these guys, then they naturally go get where I'm going. But in terms of homegrown, I see Mason Greenwood as the flag bearer. Like, don't get it twisted. I like Rashford and things, but I just feel he's different. You know, I just feel he's got it. There's something with him. I feel he's a number nine. I, I, I actually think he could learn right now. It's not that big of a deal playing left, right and in the 10. Obviously, you want to see him really be taught on the on the field but mainly off it maybe by Oli or anyone else specifically how to be a nine but he was good and I liked how you know obviously his goal was further salt in the wounds of Spurs and well deserved maybe you know it could have been a lot better I feel Spurs' defence was at sixes and sevens and it was what we all know already you know couple of players if they're not on it they're not going to create much you know five-yard passes kind of struggling quite disjointed quite stale quite slow there were elements Spurs went against this grain and there were elements being a Jose Mourinho side mainly in the first half was working but I just feel I don't know whether it's Jose or the players but I just feel they couldn't cope with that energy that United came with you could tell they felt hardly done by whether it was for the VAR maybe it's the fact that they're just behind and I was really impressed man to a man as a neutral at United and to be fair with you Whatever you say about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Man United, their credentials, whether it's going to be more like the other season where they finished second, where people said they didn't deserve to be in a sense of other people are bottling it, which I agree with. But the team that did, that finishes first or second and, and descending order deserve it because that's how the season's gone, personally. But um, I feel they're doing all right, man. They still got, you know, they got Europa League where they did half the job. It's been a good week for United. I know the football hasn't been the best mainly in all season and probably more so in the Europa League than in against Spurs, but you still got Europa League. Again, you know, Europa League is still there. Potentially, you know, Champions League plays domestically. It is what it is, people. It's just it's not about playing pretty realistically at this time in the season. Um so yeah, man, I think United, I don't think Spurs could cope with that what they done in the second half, really and truly in particular. So yeah, man, credit to United. Spurs, you know, if this was Arsenal, I have to be that guy, Spurs fans. You know, a lot of these things would be highlighted more, especially it's, it, a lot of it is a lot of noise is made about Arsenal dropping points from winning positions and those sort of things there. And when you look at it, people, Spurs have dropped 18 points from winning positions in the Premier League this season that's second only to Brighton who have dropped 20 and ironically another team who dropped points against United recently it's the most points Jose a Jose Mourinho side has dropped from winning positions in a single Premier League campaign people um, with that Jose Mourinho has suffered 10 league defeats in a single season for the first time in his entire managerial career people um so that highlights that. As I was saying, United are quietly going about their business, whatever you say about the people doing it or how they're doing it, you know. Man United on a current 23-game unbeaten run away from home in the in the league, people. Um, that's only bettered by a 27-game run from Arsenal between April 2003-2004. Mason Greenwood is the first teenager to score an assist as a sub for Man United in a Premier League game since November 2003. I'll give you a clue. The, per the, the, the other person did it against Portsmouth. Five, four, three, two, one. Man United fans, if you're listening and you messed up that one, again, I'll, I'll be disappointed because it was Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously, a long way to go if he's ever going to be mentioned in the same breath as him. But nice little stat for the young Greenwood. Um, Fred, Fred obviously got a goal and he scored just his second goal of his career in the Premier League, people. Um, his previous one came in 2018. Um, you know, it's a running joke about Fred's, uh, Fred's amount, a large amount of shots, people. Um it's a large, it's a, it's a running joke about Fred's amount. Where's, where's my documents gone? Apologies, people. It's a running joke about Fred's poor amount of shots. Um, and it took him 73 shots. Um, 
It's, he's taken 73 shots in between scoring those two goals. You know what they say? They don't shoot, you don't, you don't shoot, you don't score. But maybe other people should do the shooting, Fred. Obviously, Son scored and that could be one positive. He has scored three goals against Man United in the Premier League this season. That's the most by a player against Man United in a single campaign since Sergio Aguero did so in 2014-2015. Shout out to Cavani because like I always say, you can't underestimate having an, having an experienced rotated option as a striker in the squad look how true again tuba moting's ex reaching a bit but in Lewandowski's absence look how that's helped by munich to a slight degree i know they lost against psg um you know cavani's proved his worth here and there for united obviously tammy abram's a bit different but tammy and Giroud neither have been starting week in week out at times they've they've got chelsea over the line lacazette you know it's all flavor of the month mainly because it's a mixture of lacazette playing amazing and abamian's form going and nose diving but again it's a squad sort of game so it is what it is um Make of make of that what you will, people. Um, you know, it's, it wouldn't be a Premier League game these weeks if it wasn't a, a free a West Ham scoring three goals. West Ham three, Leicester two, and you know a Kelechi and actually Ianacho double. Good finishes from him. Well, um, good good finishes from him, but not enough to do it. You know, West Ham were very good once again on the on the attacking break. You know, the the goal the, the goal that Lingard had to tap in the move was great. Casper Michael's in no man's land. Lingard's first goal, little half volley thing that was great, and Lingard's loving life. People, you know, he's linked with Arsenal yesterday. He's linked with a permanent to West Ham. As you would with the form like this, you can't help but speak about does he go to the Euros? Does he return to Man United? You know, um, it's crazy what a bit of confidence can do for you. Obviously, Bowen got involved as well. And you, you have to say, West Ham, I can't lie, West Ham are one of the most enjoyable teams this season for me to watch. You know, when, you know their game's always filled with the drama for both sides. Shout out to Mark Noble. I believe he made his 400th Premier League appearance for West Ham. Mr. West Ham. He, um, he's become only the eighth player in the competition's history to reach that total for a single club. So he's firmly probably up there. I'd say off the top of my head, Gareth Barry has to be there. I don't know where Steven Gerrard is, but I'd say Gareth Gareth Barry for 100% is up there for something. Maybe not for a single club, but he must be up there for some sort of longevity. Um, Jesse Lingard is the is only the third player to score for, to score in four consecutive Premier League games for a David Moyes team after Mikel Arteta in 2010 and Robin Van Persie in 2013, people. Um, this is obviously only Lingard's ninth Premier League game this season, people. Um, he has eight goals. And he's now equaled his best scoring return in a top flight campaign. He scored eight times in 2017-18 for Manchester United, where he, in, he needed 33 appearances for such people. Um, I'm sure you all saw Newcastle defeat Burnley two goals to one. You know, Vidra got, Vidra got Burnley off to a good start before a St. Maximin and Murphy-inspired comeback got the three points for Newcastle. Unfortunately for Joe, didn't get no minutes. What a goal it was from, from Maximin. And take nothing away from Murphy, a Murphy strike. Two good finishes, people. Maximin's assisted eight Premier League goals for Newcastle, people. That's at least three more than any other player for the Magpies in this time, people. So yeah, good good from the Newcastle lads. Good from the Newcastle lads. Crystal Palace one, Chelsea four, Chelsea four, Crystal Palace one. Happy days, you know. Rüdiger got on the score sheet once again. Mason Mount assists, if I can remember correctly. Pulisic got a goal. Zuma got in on the score sheet. You know, I'm pretty sure um, Tuchel won't be happy. There's no clean sheet, so it's not fully perfect. But it was a good game, man. You know, Havertz had a very good game and got an assist and a goal to match. To match Hudson Odoi's decision making could have been better, but he technically gets an assist for the first goal. You know, Pulisic got a brace, and again, 
this is why I think when you look at Chelsea, I don't know too, what Tuchel's going to do, but you can't write too many conclusions on players. I think what Thomas Tuchel has shown, he selects, obviously he's got a long-term thinking. There's players that are in his short-term, long-term and medium-term planning. There's some people that are probably not. But I just think the way he's used and not used Pulisic, the way he's used and not used the following, Pulisic, Giroud, Kante, Reese James, um, um, Hudson Adoy, even, Mason Mount, Havertz even, you know, to a degree, Werner, because he's played him regardless. You know, many conclusions are drawn on these players. Are they leaving? Are they going? Or you get it. And I think he's used them according to games. You know, Giroud was a hero against Atletico, not quite involved since. Um, so again, that's, that's what a squad game is. My personal opinion, I, th I think he rates Pulisic, but I don't, I think... I just think there's something in his game stopping him from trusting him on a consistent basis. But if Pulisic is going to score goals, that's all he can do. You know, I didn't understand what um, Crystal Palace were trying to do. Obviously, Eze should do better for one of those goals. He's dilly-dallying, but it just looked like players were unaware. It just looks like players, I won't say down in tools, but they do seem quite frustrated in that rigid system or whatever um, Roy Hudson is demanding of Crystal Palace, especially the the, the, the Zahars, the Eze's, the AU's, they all look visibly upset and it looks like they've had enough in that regards. But Spur Chelsea, apologies, did what they needed to do. Um, Pulisic loves scoring against Crystal Palace people. He has scored more Premier League goals against Palace than any other team people with four. You know, Chelsea are actually unbeaten on the road in the Premier League under Thomas Tuchel. They've drawn two, one, four and played six people. The only other Blues boss to avoid defeating his first six away games in the comp was Felipe Scolari, who went unbeaten in 10. So maybe it is or isn't a good barometer of success. All four of Mason Mount's Premier League assists this season have been for headed goals from set-piece situations. Three of those have been scored by Kurt Zuma. Kurt Zuma has scored the most goals in the Premier League in terms of a defender. Um, so it is it is what it is in that regards, folks. It really is. Um, it's been an interesting week in terms of football. So, yeah, to once again run a, run through the Premier League things again, people. Burnley won, Newcastle 2, West Ham 3-2 against Leicester. Spurs lost 3-1 to Man United. Arsenal clean sweep 3-0 against Sheffield United. Manchester City 1, Leeds 2, Liverpool 2, Villa 1. Aston, I'm not Aston Villa, apologies. Crystal Palace lost 4-1 to Chelsea. And like I said, you had Wolves against Fulham where Wolves claimed a 1-0 victory. And you've got Brighton. You've got Brighton versus Everton to come on this Monday, people. And you've also got West Bromwich Albion versus Southampton. In fact, that one is at 6pm UK time. So adjust to what you need to adjust to, people. Now... As, as we know, people, Premier League is one thing. We're in Europe this week. Well, Arsenal's in Europe. You're not in Europe if you're if, if you're a Spurs fan. So we've got to quickly speak about the Champions League. Again, are these foregone conclusions based on the first leg? Who knows? Because, you know, we saw the 3-2. We saw the 3-2 game between PSG and Bayern Munich. I'm sure Bayern Munich backed themselves to score a couple of away goals. So that one's you know, going to gonna go down to the wire. Chelsea gave themselves a good platform with a 2-0 victory against Porto. People nullified, nullified them, but Porto are away from home and they showed against Juventus that if anyone wants to do it, they will do it. Liverpool, obviously, there's no there's no fans, so to be a, to, to a degree, the Anfield spirit and whatnot can't really be replicated and is quite irrelevant. But again, it's all about credibility and performance. They lost 3-1 to, to, to Real Madrid, as you know, in the first leg. Wonder what the second leg's going to have. Dortmund should feel aggrieved because I do think they could have got more out of the game. And another game, VAR messed about um, and the ref messed about. How Jude Bellingham weren't allowed a goal, I don't know. But I, you know, I think Manchester City will get over the line. But I think that game could be full of scares, people. So I back PSG 
Chelsea, Real Madrid and Porto to all, I mean and, and Man City to all do their jobs. If I was to see a giant an upset or a turnaround, as much as I think PSG have done the job, I do think Bayern Munich can score enough goals to put to put themselves in a good platform. I hope Porto can giant kill against Chelsea. You know, if it was Liverpool of two years ago, I'd probably back them to overturn that, but I just don't know, man. And Dortmund City, I think that's going to be a way closer game than people giving credit to that one. And that one there might even be slept on people. If we look at the Europa, as you know, Arsenal drew 1-1 against Slavia Prague. And right now on paper, we're out. So we're going to need to score a goal or two, putting it nicely. You've got Arsenal versus Slavia Prague. You know, Manchester United welcome Granada after claiming a 2-0 victory at their place. You've got Ajax versus Roma. And you've got Villarreal against Dynamo Zagreb, people. So make of that what you will. In terms of in other news, people, apparently three Leicester players, including midfielder, um, James Madison were dropped for the 3-2 defeat at West Ham for breaching COVID protocols, people. And you know Gareth Southgate's a stickler for rules. Maybe that's on top of everything why Greenwood ain't involved anymore. Maybe a reluctance to bring in Grealish. Now, Madison, that might go against you in a day and age where, if possible, I think Madison, Mount and Grealish should all go. It shouldn't be either or. They've all got different roles, but that's not for debate. Um, Hamza Chudbury... Ayose Perez and Madison were the three who did it. Apparently, they'll be in contention for the FA Cup semi-final against Southampton. So it was silly. They'll probably be a fine, I'd assume. And then they're going to have to live with that. Now, pardon me. I'm sure you all saw people. Um, Kevin De Bruyne negotiated his own deal. Um, Raheem Sterling. I love this guy because he's, you know, he's a very switched-on man. He, he, he screams someone that knows exactly how he's going to maintain his empire and give and, and make sure there's something really to the name of Raheem Sterling beyond football. He's setting up his own footballing agency, people. And he's, and he'll even conduct his own contract negotiations with Manchester City. Now, obviously, players are going to seek legal advice and lean on, and on the shoulders of people within the profession they can go to for advice without them acting on someone. Obviously, this probably means more of a signing on fee because surely... If I'm the Raheem Sterling, I'm saying, listen, there's no agent here. It's just me. So on top of the signing on fee for the contract, that agent fee, I'm going to need that. So again, it means more pockets for the players. It does, you know, I'm not saying Raheem Sterling's agent or ex-agent was bad, man, but it puts power in the control of the players. You know, it's only right they negotiate their own stuff, especially if they're clued up. Um because you can see some agents do finesse. Some agents do a lot of good things. Apparently, Nadine, Nadine Clark, big up um, Mama, Mama Sterling, Raheem Sterling's mama, mother, she's the sole director of his Sports Management Limited people because um, players can't act as the middlemen. So obviously, you know, it's a bit of strawman stuff, big up Sterling. Um, so it'll be nice, people. The 26-year-old has no plans to bring in another advisor and he'll hash out his personal terms with legal advice provided by Northbridge Law, who look after Jaden Sanjo at times. Now, obviously, you know, he's he as a, play, as a player, you have a degree of what you're worth, but I guarantee he's going to go and lean on them and say, OK, cool, this is how much my brand is worth. This is what I've done for City. You know, how much in terms of wages, can I realistically ask for not just wages bonuses longevity of contract what sort of exact exact position am I in then when he's being briefed then he can obviously take his own findings put his own swing on it and do what he needs to do people you know It'll be interesting. And I think he'll join the likes of, I know Ryan Bertrand, you know, he's got a media company. He's got, uh, you know, agencies doing a lot of good things in that space, people. So it's nice to see these players 
doing stuff, you know. Again, I do think a lot of them should go and be coaches, but I do think a lot of them don't really start up their own agencies and things like that. You know, I look at people like Raheem Sterling, you know, it's a bit different, but the Raheem Sterling's, in terms of his upbringing, it's only now the light's being shined on them. Before, people were doing everything they could. Ah, chip on shoulder, bad mind, you know, ain't got two two-parent household, so he don't know how he, we're going to have to make sure he gets up there three times a week or, or, or whatever. Thankfully, he played for QPR and he's from Northwest, so can't imagine that's too bad. Um, but, you know, for a single mother, you know, he's got to play three times a week, four times, you know, train three times, play in fourth. And it's, um, it's a madness, people. And, and it's, it's only now in the same way on the football field, you know, less so Raheem Sterling because he, he is one. But I would say for obvious example, you know, the Jaden Sanjos, the Ezes, the Zahas, historically, it's only now on the football field. These sort of, they like their edginess. They don't want to coach it out of them. They want it. So the more man them and people that can understand the people them and the honest individual, you know, they're better. And I'm being real, there's money out here. I'd love to see these players getting money, man, because these clubs are getting money, these agents are getting money. You know, these players need to re realise their wealth because you're not a footballer for a long time. You know, you need to set up things and it's nice to see what Raheem Sterling is on, you know. Make sure the money keeps going on and, you know, his children, you know, they're not going to have to work a day in their life. Stuff you love to see. Um, away from that, and lastly, people, did you not watch the El Clasico? Obviously, Real Madrid did their thing. It was quite a crazy game. Another game where Vazinius Jr. showed the good, bad and the ugly. Benzema, lovely finish, you know. Barcelona played a lot of passes, but they didn't take their sh their chances. You know, it had a lot of end to end. You know, Valverde hit the poles. Um, Ilias hit the hit the crossbar at the end. You know, um, Tony Kroos. It was a deflection, but hit a free kick in. You know, it was a decent game to watch. People, I think Griezmann's sub made a difference. Casemiro got sent off. You know, I think I think the two best games I saw this week, well away from Arsenal, obviously winning. People would probably be the fact that. I actually, you know, I'd say Leeds versus Manchester City and I'd say the El Clasico people. Good games of football. To be fair, United and Spurs, not quite on that level, but that was a good game to watch. But it is where it is, people. You know, so yeah, man, I'll I'll be back. I'll be back on, on Friday, you know, to talk about what's happened midweek and any talking points and obviously the game and we'll preview the Premier League to come, people. But we've spoken not that there's not been much to speak about, but we've spoken about one, two things, so yeah, man, that's the last podcast of, of me when I'm 25 years of age. So, yeah, on that note, people, I'm going to get out of here, you know, with this. This is my last bit of content. So I'm going to go take, I'm going to go start my birthday celebrations, people. And I'll see all the content people, them that are there on YouTube. I'll be back again on Wednesday. Um, cheeky plug, shameless plug. Make sure you're following me on all the socials. Links are in the description of this podcast. Deludaguna04 and everything from Clubhouse to Twitter and the rest of it, people. Yeah, make sure you're checking out the YouTube if you haven't. I can't imagine you don't. But more importantly than that, people, stay safe and we'll talk again. DG, I'm out.